chapter 1, verses 57 to 66. The birth of John the Baptist. The time came for Elizabeth to have her baby, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard how wonderfully good the Lord had been to her, and they all rejoiced with her. When the baby was a week old, they came to circumcise him, and they were going to name him Zachariah, after his father. But his mother said, No, his name is to be John. And they said to her, But you don't have any relative with that name. Then they made signs to his father, asking him what name he would like the boy to have. Zachariah asked for a writing pad and wrote, His name is John. How surprised they all were. At that moment, Zachariah was able to speak again, and he started praising God. The neighbors were all filled with fear, and the news about these things spread through all the hill country of Judea. Everyone who heard of it thought about it and asked, What is this child going to be? For it was plain that the Lord's power was upon him. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, we come today to celebrate the life given and to prepare our hearts to receive all you have for us through this gift. So Lord, as we reflect today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now last week I talked about the challenges and the pressures and the stresses of starting a family. That even in times of joy and excitement, we can have our doubts, we can have our concerns. And it's all perfectly natural for, for families that are starting out, for new parents to worry. Bev and I were about 30 when we had, our, when we had Anna. Now traditionally that's a little late for starting a family. Some of you had children in your early 20s, maybe even your early, 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 early 20s. But nowadays, couples are starting later. They're starting in their late 20s, and some are even in their 30s before they start their families. With so many going to university these days, they tend to want to focus on starting out in their career before starting a family. And all of this is perfectly natural, makes sense. Nothing wrong with that, especially since modern medicine has improved to allow women to continue to have children safely later in life than traditional. But these families that are starting out later, they have nothing on the stories of the Bible, some of the stories in the Bible. You think of Abraham and Sarah, chosen to have a son, their first child. Abraham was 99, Sarah was 90. Yet they received an incredible promise from God that they would have their son even later, much, much later in years. Then we hear the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. We don't know their ages, except we're told that Elizabeth is beyond childbearing years and that she's also spent her life barren, unable to have children. Today we're going to focus on the experience of this unlikely family. So we should take a quick glance at what brought them to the circumstances they find themselves in to have this child later in life. Zechariah is a priest, and he's working in the temple one day, burning incense and praying, and the angel Gabriel comes to him with a message. And this is before Gabriel goes to see Mary. The angel tells Zechariah that his, life, that his wife will bear a child, a son, and his name shall be John. And he will be a special child, filled with the Holy Spirit, and making ready the people to receive the coming of the Lord. So Zechariah scratches his head, imagine, and thinks, how can this be? I'm an old man. My wife is no spring chicken either. It's just not possible. But then Gabriel responds that Zechariah will be unable to speak. He'll be mute until his son is born. It's a bit of a punishment for doubting Gabriel's words. But it's more than just a punishment. It is also a sign. It's, it's, it's a reminder. It's a sign to the people of the community that something special happened to Zechariah while he was in the temple. And sure enough, in the coming days, Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And Zechariah remains unable to speak for the duration of the pregnancy. 
Later on in the pregnancy, and somewhere in Elizabeth's third trimester, they have a visitor. And that visitor is a distant relative, a cousin of some sort, a young woman by the name of Mary. And as soon as Mary walks in the door and goes, Hello! The baby within Elizabeth leaps, indicating to Elizabeth that there is something special about this Mary and the child that she is carrying. When it comes time for Elizabeth to to give birth, she indeed has a son. And as per tradition, eight days later, they're going to circumcise the young boy, the baby, and name him, give him his name. Now normally, he would take the name of his father, or at least someone else in the family line. So they're preparing to name the baby Zechariah. And Mary stops them and says, no, his name is John. Now this confuses them. There's no Johns anywhere in the family. So this is an unusual request. And so they turn to Zechariah, who still cannot speak. and says, well, what will his name be? And he takes this tablet that's probably been getting pretty used to for a while and says, his name will be John. And as soon as the decision is made, Zechariah's tongue is loosened. He can speak again and he clearly praises the Lord. We remember who John is, right? We remember his life. We remember how he lived a a strange lifestyle. He ate weird food and dressed kind of oddly. Bit of a wild child. He talked, we remember how he preaches to the people, calling them to repentance. And then he baptizes them to cleanse them of their sin, to prepare them for the coming Messiah. We also know John has the incredible privilege of baptizing Jesus. John also faces hardship because he's preaching repentance and of the coming Messiah. He's not very popular with the elites, with the government officials, the kings and the rulers. And so as he continues to preach his message, his, he, his life ends with his head upon a platter. So we know John. We know his story. But what do we know of his parents? Everything we know of his parents I just shared with you as recorded in the Gospel of Luke. When we think of Mary and Joseph, they're a young couple. They're just getting married. They're just starting their family. They're, they're, the future for them is wide open. The potential is, is limitless. Elizabeth and Zechariah, they, they seem to be seniors, older in life, and they've lived a long life. Even without having children, they're preparing to enjoy the fruits of their labor of a life well lived. It's possible these two families could not have been more different. A young carpenter in his life and his wife, an old priest and his wife. Yet both of these families were chosen by God for important parts of his plan. We're continuing to look at the characters kind of wrapped around the Christmas story. We looked at Joseph, we looked at Mary. Today we're looking at Elizabeth and Zechariah together as a couple. And we're seeing what they bring to the story. We're asking, what are they telling us about the coming one who will be king. And in the midst of all this, we're, we're asking ourselves, we're wondering how these characters reflect ourselves. 
in this season of preparation, this season of Advent, this, the four weeks leading to Christmas, this time of waiting, this time of preparation, waiting and preparation for the, for the child who would be born in a manger, the gift from God we receive. Advent is a traditional time of reflecting And we reflect on the power of the birth of Jesus and how it impacts us as people who call ourselves his followers. But it's not all just Jesus. Yes, it all points to him. Yes, it all hinges on his birth. But there are other characters in the story. And they're there for a reason. We know John has a purpose. But what of his parents? Elizabeth and Zechariah, they're only mentioned in the Gospel of Luke. And we know Luke was a very thorough researcher and very thorough in his storytelling. So why did he see fit to mention this pair? Well, for one, it's a miracle. Barren and beyond childbearing years, Elizabeth is yet another surprise in this story. How could she possibly be pregnant? It's not possible. It's it's clearly a miracle. And then there's the other miracle of a priest being able to stay silent for nine months. When I read the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, I can't help but think back to the story of Samuel. Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John, and think of the story of Samuel. Do you remember Samuel in the Old Testament? Samuel's mother was Hannah. She was married to Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. Hannah and Penina. Penina was able to have children. She had children for Elkanah. But Hannah was not able. Yet Elkanah loved Hannah deeply. He provided for her double what he provided for Penina and her children, his children. Hannah, upset that she couldn't provide children for her beloved She would go to the temple and pray and pray and pray passionately for a son. And she promised the Lord that if he gave her a son, she would dedicate him to service for the Lord. Eventually, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to Samuel. And as promised, once the child was weaned, she took Samuel to the temple and gave him to Eli the priest to raise in service of God. As the boy grew, the Lord called him through whispers in the night and blessed him and used him to do his work. And the young Samuel became a great, great prophet. Now comparing the two stories, Hannah and Elizabeth were both barren, unable to have children. The priest, Eli, essentially raised Samuel in the temple And John was raised by his father, Zechariah the priest, who worked in the temple. Both men, Samuel and John, were great prophets of the Lord. And they were both born to women who were thought unable to have any children at all. Samuel grew up to be known as a good and fair judge, as someone that people could trust to dispense God's laws. He was also a prophet, prophet, that preached to the people that they needed to turn from the idolatry and serve God and God alone. It's pretty much the same message that John gives. Both Samuel and John had people with 
significant influence in their lives who were touched by God. Eli and Zechariah were both priests. Elizabeth and Hannah were women that God touched and gave a child when it seemed it wasn't possible. Both of these men were raised by godly people who feared and served the Lord in humility. How do you feel like you connect with Elizabeth and Zechariah? Yes, they were an older couple. They might have been preparing to settle into retirement, preparing to sit out the rest of their days in a quiet home, but God had another plan for them, a child of their own. I think we could be assured that their plans for a quiet retirement went out the window with the birth of the wild child, John. They had an important job to play, though, an important job in God's redeeming plan for the world by introducing love and grace through Jesus Christ. They were to raise the last great prophet before Jesus arrives on the scene. And this is their son, John. They were to raise him in a home that knew the Lord. They were to teach him scripture. They were to teach him how to live humbly in service to God, how to live. The Lord needed people who loved him to do this job. And he needed people that carried the life experience they carried to raise John. What is the Lord asking of you today? Are you preparing to simply ride out the rest of your days in quiet solitude? Or is the Lord asking something new of you? Is he birthing a new idea within you? It may not be a child, but there may be something else that the Lord is asking you to consider. When we think of Elizabeth and Zechariah, we wonder, are we raising up a new generation who love the Lord? Are there ways in which we can use our experiences, our life skills, to help others learn of his ways? What is your role today in the kingdom of God? Now, some of you, some of you are older than I am. I'm not going to point out which one of you. But I know, I know the Lord is not finished with you yet. Now, maybe it's true. Maybe you are too old to do the things you used to do. Maybe. But in Elizabeth and Zechariah, the Lord gave them something new to do. Something where they could use their experience, could use their skills to bring a new thing, to mentor, to pray, to raise up the next generation. God knew they could do it. He knew they are perfect to do it just as God knows what you are capable of today. Elizabeth and Zechariah trusted the Lord and his call to be parents for the first time in their later years. We don't know how old they were. We don't know if they saw the son grow up to be the great prophet and preacher he became. But we do know that without them, the world may have been a different place when Jesus came on the scene. There are no small roles, no small roles in God's plan to redeem this earth. We all have a vital part to play, every single one of us. We may be asked to do something really big like Mary, 
There's not much of a bigger job than be asked to give birth to God's own son. Or it could be a bit smaller, like Elizabeth and Zechariah, just to help raise up the next generation of faithful people in service to God. John was a pretty popular guy in his day, popular enough to have enemies in high places. But his parents, they were humble servants of the Lord, and that's how they raised John to be. Yes, he was strong at times, but he was a humble servant of the Lord. They were all just carrying out the tasks that God had assigned to them. The story surrounding the birth of Jesus is full of people who love the Lord, doing amazing things, both great and small, all of which paves the way for Jesus to come and do the work God has given him through sharing of God's hope, peace, joy, and love throughout all the earth to all God's people. This is the work we are invited to be part of today, both great and small. So where are you? What is your role in preparing the earth to receive God's love this Advent season as we prepare to receive the gift born in a manger? Where are you? This Christmas, this Christmas we celebrate a, a gift born for you. A gift born for you. And this gift is not just for you, but is for everyone, for all the world to receive. Everyone you meet each and every single day, the gift is born for them, whether they know it or not. So where are you in God's story? What is God asking of you this day? May this season of Advent prepare our hearts to receive that which God is calling calling us to do and be in this world that is in desperate need of his hope, peace, joy, and love. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.